When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to preview the San Francisco 49ers Week 18 regular season finale against the Arizona Cardinals. San Francisco comes in 12-4, riding a league-leading nine-game winning streak. The Cardinals, well, they come in 4-12 and and are currently in last place in the NFC West, so it's likely going to lean heavy San Francisco, but today we're going to dive into how the Niners can pull the way with the victory on Sunday and get their 13th win on the season. Also going to ask the question, how many snaps, how long should San Francisco starters play? How long should Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, who are both back off injury, how long should they play? Do they even need to play on Sunday against the Cardinals? And also to wrap all of this into a nice little bow for you as we go into the playoffs we're going to look at every single playoff scenario for San Francisco and who and which team do you not want to face in the round one of the 2022-23 NFL playoffs. So without further ado, let's dive into Niners against the Cardinals in Week 18, the season finale. Can you believe the NFL season is almost over? We are almost done with football again. I remember going to training camp and it felt like it was yesterday. But we are at the end of the road for half the NFL. The regular season is done. It's over with. The Cardinals, they're out of it. The Commanders, they're out of it. Half the NFL is out of it. The the Rams are out of it, thank God. But Niners against Cardinals, and my first question to you is, is there a more dysfunctional team than the Cardinals? Or... Maybe a better version of this is, is there another team that has dealt with not just dysfunction, but also injuries? Like, the commander's dysfunctional. Like, Ron Rivera playing Carson Wentz when he should have played Heineke and not didn't know they could get knocked out of the playoffs. Like, what the heck? Then there's the Saints who have their issues, and there's the Patriots who... They have their issues, and there's the, the Dolphins. Who have their, like, like, there are plenty of teams that have dysfunction in football. But the Cardinals, they have dysfunction with the GM, who was, I believe, under investigation for some certain nasty things when they played San Francisco and Mexico City. Then Kyler Murray, who isn't going to play in this game, him and Cliff Kingsbury hate each other. And now the Cardinals aren't going to have Buda Baker, aren't going to have... DeAndre Hopkins, and in J.J. Watt's final game of his entire career, this is his send-off into the sunset, right? He's not having Colton McCoy or even Trace McSorley. It's fourth-string quarterback David Blau. He is going to be tasked 
with beating the number one defense in football. Now, I want to preface this by saying the last time a backup quarterback, albeit he wasn't the fourth string, he was the second string guy, the last time a backup quarterback played the Niners, it was against the Raiders last week. And that was holding on for dear life. Like, oh my goodness, are they going to win this game? But I don't think this game, to be honest with you, is even worth talking about from the Cardinals' point of view. Like, what can the Cardinals do to beat San Francisco? Yes, the Niners still have to take care of business. You can't come into this week lightly. And I expect them to play all of their starters. I expect them to go for the number one seed in the NFL. I expect them to go out there and try to correct the defensive issues they had last week, right? Because what is last week if you don't correct the things that you had issues with? Then it's a waste of time and you didn't learn. I expect them to come into this game and want to utterly dominate. They're going to want to pluck some cardinal feathers. They could potentially end Cliff Kingsbury's NFL career to this point. Like, he could be fired come end of week 18, right? And if you're San Francisco, you want to send him off with an L. You want to make him go home crying to his mammy, being like, oh, mommy, I lost my last NFL game. I don't know what to do. And then he'll get a college job somewhere. Then he'll be back in 10 years, right? That's how it works. But again, if San Francisco wins this game on Sunday, they may not be the number one seed, but they have put themselves in position to become the number one seed, barring an Eagles loss. That's what you want. You want the Eagles to lose, Niners win, we're the one seed, we get the bye. But in this game specifically, how long should San Francisco play somebody like Christian McCaffrey, who has an ankle sprain? How long should they play Brock Purdy? How long should they play George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell? How long should those guys play? And I'll be clear here. I want none of these guys to get hurt. And that's really the question, right, is... Would you risk injury? How willing are you to risk injuring maybe one of your most important players like CMC or Ayuk or Trent Williams or, or Kittle or Debo? How willing are you? Because, like, there's a chance they go out there, play their starters, someone gets hurt, and the Eagles still win. And you're like, really, Kyle? Really? What are you doing out there, Kyle? Why did you play Debo? You know he was hurt. And that conversation will be had by many fans if that's the case. But I have to ask you this, and I do understand that point of view. But let's say the Eagles lost or will lose to play at the same time as Niners do. If the Eagles are losing, why would you or potentially risk not playing your starters? Because then if you do lose this game against the Cardinals, you're saying, well, the Eagles lost, and we could have had the one seed. So I have to ask you, what do you value more? Your health or the player's health or the one seed? Whereas someone might get banged up, but you can buy more time for maybe someone else to come back. Kevin Givens, right? You can give Javon Kinlaw another week to rest, right? Have that knee be extra healthy. You can give somebody like George Kittle 
and Ayuk, and even Debo, and even Mitchell, even Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey. You can give those guys more time if they come away unscathed in this game, if you can get the ones. So what do you value more? Do you value the bye week? Or do you value potentially health and still having to play three, four playoff games? What do you value more? And it's tough because, <laughs> and this is why the NFL is the NFL, and it's the perfect thing for them, is that they put Niners and Cardinals and Eagles and Giants there. Now, I do think one thing of value is that the Niners might know what the Giants' game plan is, and it sounds like they are going to rest their starters. And if that's the case, I believe either way, you can beat this Cardinals team with starters, with backups. I think this Niners team is so deep, they can beat an equally banged-up Cardinals team or an even more banged-up Cardinals team on their four-string quarterback without their number one receiver and without their number one defensive player in Buda Baker. That being said, I would preferably want to see San Francisco put their foot to the freaking floor, put that gas pedal on the floor, get up by 20 early. Like that's that's the ideal scenario, right? You get up early, 21 points, 24 points, kicking the crap out of the Cardinals. At halftime, your backups come in. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. No one gets hurt, and you get the win. Like that's the ideal scenario. So how do you make that happen? How does that occur for you? So I do believe what you have to do if you are the, the Niners is you have to come out guns a-blazing, taking shots downfield. Shanahan, this is one game where I would say that everything he scripts, those first 24 to 30 plays he scripts, if they can be perfect and on point, he might have this team a 20-point lead early. Like He might be able to get this team in position to rest their starters in the second half. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I would like to limit how much, like I'm talking maybe 10 total touches for McCaffrey. I'm talking maybe two receptions for Kittle. I'm talking maybe two, three receptions for Ayuk, maybe 20 snaps for Debo, and maybe 10 carries for Mitchell. Like I would like to see in this game Josh Johnson at some point, but we're not going to see that if this game is tight down the stretch. San Francisco is going to play to win this game. And I don't think Shanahan is a coach who's going to be watching the scoreboard saying, I wonder what the score to the Eagles game is. And if he sees it 21 to nothing, leaning Philadelphia, I don't think he's going to pull out his guys until at least that game, being the Eagles and Giants, is in the fourth quarter and it's a blowaway, right? I think Shanahan wants that one seed. This team wants that one seed. <laughs> I think on Sunday, this team's going to go out there and be like, wow, like we, we are fighting for the number one seed in the NFC. We're not going to bat down. We're not going to break. And in the meantime, we're going to get guys like Debo and Mitchell reestablished on offense because the one thing you want to do is you want to get them game reps prior to playing a playoff game. You don't want them maybe potentially having a chance to play or should be playing and on the shelf still with their bodies resting, albeit, but practice and game days are very different. How many quarterbacks do you know are great in practice but aren't great in games? Most of them. <laughs> That's why they're backups, right? So 
I think Shanahan goes all out, guns blazing. I do think they do try to steal the, or, or end this game early, stomp on the Cardinals' throat. And, and, and look, the Cardinals are a bad team. They can't move the ball offensively. They aren't going to have Hopkins. And their defense is one of the worst when it comes to giving up plays to tight ends. Like George Kittle put up two touchdowns against this team in Mexico City. McCaffrey was great against this team. Like this, this was a game in Mexico City with Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback where they had like 34 points. Like this is the defense who is now worse without Buda Baker that this team put up 30-plus points against. I believe one of only three times this year they put up 30 points against a defense. Like, this is that defense, and they're worse. So if I'm San Francisco, stomp on their neck early, give you a chance to get that one seed still, and hopefully get out healthy. But I do have a concern in this game. And it's only a concern not because of what the Cardinals can do. While they stu- like while they do have speed still, Marquise Brown should play, I believe. Robbie Anderson might play still. Like they do have speed, albeit not very threatening. They have speed, right? I do wonder, or there's a chance, and Demeco Ryan's addressed this in his press conference. He called out Hufanga. And while I don't think it'll be like an every play kind of thing, that in his last Hufanga's been targeted 12 times since week 13. 12 times. He's allowed five touchdowns on 12 targets for 19 yards per catch. You just can't win that way. And if it's a one-time a game, whatever, but Ryan's talked about eye discipline. And there's not much game film on David Blau. So a quarterback that you're not familiar with, albeit a great defense in San Francisco... I do wonder if they do try to go over the top more and more and more, knowing they have a fleeting chance to win this game already. Why not take shots? Like, if Cliff Kingsbury wins this game, it doesn't change much for him, but it might give him a slight little bit of leverage when it, when it comes to potentially saving his job. It may not, but it might a little bit of leverage when he can say, I just beat the number one defense in football, David Blau. Or at least can say, I was successful against the number one defense with David Blau. But that being said, I mean, come on. Do you honestly think a Cardinals team without Kyler Murray, without Cole McCoy, without Trace McSorley, without DeAndre Hopkins, and Buda Baker can actually stand up toe-to-toe against this Niners team? The answer is no. And I'll be honest with you. I'll say it now, this game should be like 33 to like 7, 6. The Cardinals should not score a touchdown in this game. But I'll be generous and I'll say 33 to 10. I'll give them 10, right? Last week I said 35 to 10, I'll say 33 to 10 this week. But the more important conversation is, what do the playoffs look like for San Francisco? So currently right now, the playoff picture in the NFC looks like Eagles, number one. They're 13-3. and three. If they win against the Giants, they are the number one seed in the NFC. San Francisco is currently 12-4. and four. They can get the number one seed if they win and Philadelphia loses. And San Francisco, if they win no matter what, they are the number two seed in the NFC. So you win, you are at least 
the number two seed in the NFC. But if San Francisco happens to lose in this game, if they punt on this game and they lose and the Vikings win, the Vikings are the two seed, San Francisco falls to the three seed. Now, that is as far as San Francisco can fall. The Buccaneers are four. Cowboys, though, they are the wild card, right? The Giants are already in. They are the sixth seed no matter what. But the Cowboys, they're 12-4, and four, same as the Vikings, same as the Niners. And because they hold the tiebreaker over Philadelphia, if they beat the Commanders and the Philadelphia Eagles lose and the Niners also lose, then the Cowboys move to the one seed, Philadelphia goes to the five seed, in San Francisco and Minnesota figure things out with two and three. Then you have Seattle, who if they win, they are the number seven seed. But if Seattle wins and Green Bay wins, then Green Bay is the number seven seed. They win, they're in. So Seattle really needs the Lions to win, and they have to win themselves. The Lions need a win against Green Bay and and Seattle loss. And again, Green Bay needs a win, and they're in. So... The question is for San Francisco, do you want the one seed? Yes. That is a no if, ands, or buts about it. You want to be healthy. You want time off. You don't want to have to play the gauntlet of maybe the Green Bay or the Lions or Seattle, then have to play maybe a Tampa Bay or maybe a Giants or even a Cowboys team. Like The last thing you want to be is playing the Packers and the Cowboys. Like That is not... While they can do it, that does not sit well with me being a Niner fan, not knowing, albeit trusting, not knowing who Brock Purdy is come playoff time. I think he'll be fine, but you just never know, right? And so the bigger question becomes, okay, right now it's Eagles in a first-round bye, Niners versus Seattle, Vikings versus Giants, Buccaneers versus Cowboys. And so if you are San Francisco and you being a fan, who do you want to play? Do you want to play Seattle, who you already beat twice this year, who you've already seen Brock Purdy beat on the road, and you play him at home? Do you want to play the Lions, who have a top-10 offense, but the worst defense in football? Or do you want to play Green Bay, who is kind of the the middle-of-the-road team with an elite quarterback and young receivers that you've owned historically, right? And I think many fans... From the consensus I have is one of two things. Either one, they want to play Seattle because we beat them twice in a row. Or two, they want to play Green Bay because we own Aaron Rodgers. And it's funny because I think that I lean more towards playing the Lions. And the reason why I say this, and it doesn't mean I don't believe in San Francisco. Because you can sway me... On any of these teams, I want to play Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay. I get why you want to play any of these teams. But if I'm San Francisco, I have to ask myself, go back one year ago. You beat the Rams twice in the playoffs, albeit I do think the Rams are much better than Seattle, right? You beat the Rams twice, then come playoff time, that third time they beat you. You can say you beat yourself, and I would agree, but again, you just don't want to play or you'd like not to play your division opponent three times. Now, some of you might say, well, they're the worst team there. 
I think I would agree, right? But let me ask you this. Would you want to play gum-smacking Pete Carroll on the sideline in a playoff game? I mean, you'd probably win, but that's just not something I want to do. Now, if, oh, you want to play Green Bay? Okay. We own Aaron Rodgers. You beat him ever since 2005. He's never, I believe, won a playoff game against San Francisco. Whether it was Colin Kaepernick or Jimmy Garoppolo, he's never won a playoff game against San Francisco. But I believe they've won six of their last seven, six of the last eight games. They're riding high. Christian Watson looks like a true number one receiver with Aaron Rodgers there. Now, they make rookie mistakes because half the team offensively are rookies, right? But they had David Bakhtiari back. They have Elton Jenkins as their right tackle. He's re-signed. The defense is okay. It's not amazing. It's not awful. It's just there, right? But they have a good secondary that can actually get the ball back. Like, I would not want to play a quote-unquote ball-hawking secondary and Aaron Rodgers. Like, I just, and to factor in, you have a young quarterback who, albeit that may not be a factor, that question is going to come up. I can guarantee you ESPN, FS1, everywhere you look, first take, they're going to say, oh, it's Brock Purdy against Aaron Rodgers. Who do you trust more? And everyone's going to say, I trust Aaron Rodgers. Now, I understand the point of, like, we own them, though. But do you want to play the hottest team besides ourselves, obviously, in the playoffs round one? Like, they always say, who or what is the most dangerous team? The team that has nothing to lose. The person that has nothing to lose. Aaron Rodgers sits here with nothing to lose. He's never beat San Francisco. Okay, if he loses again, whatever. He can point to young receiving group, maybe some bad coaching, a banged-up defense. He has an excuse, and he can also say on the flip side, I have nothing to lose, so I'm going to go balls to the freaking wall and do everything I can to beat San Francisco. It's not going to be snowing. It's not going to be the frozen tundra of Lambeau. It might be a rainy day in San Francisco, but that might favor Rodgers when it comes to who I think of last year, where that first drive of the game in, in, in Lambeau, it was like, oh my God, he just waltzed all over our defense. Now, he tightened things up and you know they got worse as the game went on, but my point is, I do not want to play an elite quarterback in that first round. Nobody does. Why do you think people are saying, even if the Cowboys are the fifth seed still and they have to travel to Tampa Bay, but they got to play Tom Brady? And that Bucks team we've seen firsthand, isn't good. But the Bucks team, they match up against Dallas very well. Why do you think many pugnants say, or, or pundits say, excuse me, you can play the Vikings, they aren't good. And that's despite having a top 10 offense, right? That's despite having Jefferson and Thielen and Cousins having a great year. People don't trust Kirk Cousins, though. They have a bad defense. Why do you think most people aren't scared of the Giants? They're 9-6, and six, could be 10-6 and six come year's end, and most fans would say, I'd rather play a 10-6 and six team over an 8-8 eight eight Tom Brady-led Buccaneers team. Right? Most 
people would say I'd rather play a nine and six, nine and seven Giants team over a nine and eight Packers team. <laughs> like, there's a scenario here where you are the only playoff team playing an elite quarterback in the first round. Sign me off of that list. Unsubscribe me from that conversation. That's why I want to play the Lions, because the Lions, to me, remind me a ton of the Raiders. And the reason why I say that is because the Lions are not good on the road. And and let's be honest here. The reason why I want to play Detroit is that's a good offense. Jared Goff, I'm on St. Brown, right? I believe Jameson Williams is there, right? Like, they have... They have a good offense, a young, explosive offense. Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, Dan Campbell, right? I think his quote is, I don't care if you have, like, one ass cheek and two toes, I'm still going to beat your ass. <laughs> like, like, I want to play that guy. I want to beat that team. And the reason why that team doesn't scare me as much is they're, they're on the road where they're not very good, right? Their defense ranks dead last in the NFL. They'd be playing an offense that ranks and is averaging 28, 29 points a game since Christian McCaffrey got here. And you'd also, they'd have, like their number 10 defense or offense, whatever, would have to play the number one defense in football. So even if they can put up points, it's not like San Francisco wouldn't also be able to put up points. And you would take away Aaron Rodgers, the elite quarterback conversation. You take away a third game against a divisional opponent, and you'd be playing an unexperienced head coach in the playoffs, which isn't LaFleur, which isn't Pete Carroll. You're playing a bad defense, and in playoffs, what plays? It's defense. I can guarantee you that one of the better offenses in football is going to lose early in the playoffs whether it's the Bengals or the Bills, albeit there's a whole situation there that is just very confusing and muddled, and that's wow. <laughs> but Bills, Bengals, Vikings, uh, Chiefs, Eagles, like there was going to be a top offense that falls. Last year it was the Cowboys and the Packers, <laughs> right? It's going to happen this year. Defense plays come playoff time. And that's also a reason why I think San Francisco is going to win against the Cardinals this week. Because defense plays. Like, I'm not betting on San Francisco's defense not learning from their mistakes. And even if San Francisco were to play Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff and the Lions and that high-powered offense, I would say, okay, you're giving me a defense has a week to get things right They've gone out there and proven they've gotten things right. And you now have Debo and Mitchell and McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and every offensive weapon's healthy. And your defense is also getting healthier too, right? Like everything, not only on Sunday, leans San Francisco big time, but I also think that come playoffs round one, I would arguably trust San Francisco over every team and... I don't think, like, had you told me, come playoff time, you'd be 13-4, and four, you'd be 12-4, and four, whatever the record is come after Sunday. You're 12-4, and 12-5, and 13-4. And your third-string quarterback is leading the way. How do you feel? I might say, 
What happened to Lance and Garoppolo? What do you mean Nate Sudfeld's playing in the playoffs? Oh, my God. Now, obviously, the season hasn't gone that way, but I do think that I would trust San Francisco in the first round over the Vikings, over Tampa Bay, over the Cowboys for sure, over the Giants. And depending on how the AFC figures their stuff out, I would trust them over the Ravens, maybe even the Bills. Who knows how much that tragedy has hurt Buffalo? It's awful, and I hate saying that, but like that does become a factor, right? And I hope DeMar Hamlin gets out of this thing healthy. Like I want DeMar Hamlin to come out and be able to play football again. But I also want him to be able to talk and speak and walk. And, like, prayers are out to him constantly, his family as well. Like, we here want DeMar Hamlin and declare he's healthy right now. Like, we want him healthy and back and, and, and being able to give back to the community and also see the joy and the love he's brought to this world. But that can't be ignored when discussing football. Like, the Bills still have to play at least a playoff game, right? And you just don't know how that affects somebody. That that can also inversely make them even better. Make them play for Hamlin. But San Francisco, to me, doesn't have any real question marks of who's not going to show up. Even if Hufunga gives up a big play, there's also 75 more plays to go where you can make up for it and get two turnovers. And I do think even if on this Sunday... The Cardinals play surprise, and they're Jared Stidham and the Raiders all over again. It's not like San Francisco's going to say, okay, we'll, we'll give you the game. They're going to say, no, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> like, we're going to keep fighting because they want the number one seed. And so, look, I believe at least in round one, and I can argue even in round two as well, like, there's a reason why I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC despite not being there roughly all year long, despite needing nine straight wins to potentially get there, and needing the Cowboys and the Saints to beat Philadelphia. Like, I told you on the podcast, Philadelphia is not as good without Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts. Now, obviously... You take an MVP caliber quarterback away from a team, they're not going to be as good, right? But how healthy is he? And I can, like, my mind thinks if San Francisco can somehow, some way, get that one seed, and this is why I think Shanahan's going to go out full stop against the Cardinals and get this W, is because if they get the one seed, Philadelphia may not only have to either rush back Jalen Hurts, who is what seems like not going to be 100%, they also are going to have to rush back Lane Johnson. And I can tell you right now, Philadelphia was banking on that bye week. Oh, just get to the bye week, and we'll get Hurts and Johnson back. They'll be 80%, and we'll be okay. If you can somehow upset the Eagles and take the number one seed, you would force them to play even more hurt than they thought. And they'd also have lost three games in a row come that point. And they would then play the seven seed. And if that's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, by all means, knock him out, Aaron. <laughs> knock him out. If that's Jared Goff and the Lions, by all means, take him out for us. Because then at that way, you're the one seed. 
And maybe you're playing the Cowboys. Maybe you're playing the Giants. And in that situation, you're playing the Lions. You're playing the Packers. Maybe you're playing Seattle. So I do think, despite the risk of injury, I do think it, it, like the value here is going for the one seed. Philadelphia might come out and kick the crap out of the Giants. And at that point, at the scoreboard, maybe Shanahan says, look, we're winning, whatever, you know, 14 to 10, whatever it might be. Who knows? But Philadelphia is up by 30 to the Giants' backups. All right, game's over with. I want no one else getting hurt. Jordan Mason, get reps. TDP, get reps. Put in Ambry Thomas and Samuel Womack and put in Dwum Four and Miguel and whoever, right? Like, there's a good chance you you see Tarverius Moore and George Odom and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and Oren Burks playing linebacker. Like, like that, that should happen in this game no matter what. The question becomes, at what point does Shanahan become comfortable doing that because he wants that one seed? There's an, like, there is an invested interest in getting that number one seed if you're San Francisco. And I can argue that it might be even more valuable than maybe someone getting hurt with a minor injury. So what if someone has a stinger? And, and, and I'm not saying the injuries don't matter. What I'm saying is, is that you have not only hedged your bets come playoff time, but a minor injury praying for no major injuries here, obviously. But a minor injury, you get a week to recover. You really get two weeks to recover, right? Like, they, like Shanahan knows deep down inside the best way to prepare for the playoffs is getting the number one seed. And also... You would also give Brock Purdy two weeks to prep for a defense. Or you at least give Shanahan a week and a half to put in a game plan, whereas he'd have one week, right? Or you'd have guys like Debo and Mitchell even more healthy. So I do think that not only winning on Sunday, but hopefully getting the, the one seed, which everybody said, Sterling, there's no chance it's going to happen. You think Philadelphia is going to lose to the Cowboys, to the Saints? What happened? It did. I didn't think it would either, but it happened. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, wow. The Saints didn't have half the team and they still won. Anything is possible is my point. And my money is on San Francisco getting the win on Sunday against the Cardinals handily. But also, even if the Giants rest their starters, that means Philadelphia already because they lost the last two games, they are going to have to grind out a win over the Giants. And even with the backup guys in who aren't as good as Philadelphia starters, mind you, Brian Dable's going to have that Giants team that is feisty, defensive-minded, unfortunately doing snow angels next to injured Nick Foles. <laughs> like, like, they have that mindset of we're going to get in your face and punch you as hard as we can. That's what the backups will do. And so it's not like they're not going to be ready. And so I think San Francisco gets the win on Sunday. The Cardinals have a bad, bad defense that gives up yak like crazy. I think they get up early in this game, or I hope they can get up early in this game. Like, the Cardinals essentially have no threats offensively. 
And where they do have threats, it's a quarterback that isn't reliable enough to get the ball to the threats. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, like at least I can say with Stidham that you had seen something from him in New England, albeit I didn't love it. And I even said they were going to be awful. And they scored 34 points. But again, David Blau, I mean, this is a guy who wasn't even on their roster six weeks ago. This is a guy who, like, this is really their Josh Johnson. <laughs> and I do think San Francisco would beat Josh Johnson even if he was on the team come week one. Like, I don't think David Blau makes that big of a difference, and I think he makes him actually a lot worse, right? Like, the Cardinals are not good. They're a bad team. They won four games for a reason, and they won four games over half a year with Kyler Murray. A handful of games with DeAndre Hopkins. Like, it wasn't like they were a good team with their stars, and then you're taking away those stars and saying, beat the number one defense in football. Beat a top five offense in football. Like, that's not going to happen. And I do think, despite all the odds, like, how great would it sound with Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy leading the Niners post-Jimmy Garoppolo broken foot, not only to the playoffs, not only clinching the vision on the road in Seattle, but snagging the number one seed in Week 18 to end the year from Philadelphia, who was undefeated for over half the season. And you want to talk about history and what a story. That's a story. From last pick in the draft to not supposed to be quote-unquote on the roster to taking Sudfeld's job to backing up Jimmy Garoppolo to then <laughs> taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo, winning 10 straight games or part of 10 straight games. The, the division, <laughs> like the number two seed, number one seed, like this story. I was talking to Adrian again in on Instagram, and he was talking about how this feels like a fairy tale. This season feels like a fairy tale. And my response was, I just hope that ending is also a fairy tale ending. I hope it isn't you know, the Cinderella story upset, right? Like you want the ending to be as fairy tale like as the journey has been. And this year has been crazy. Like, take a step back and just think, like, sometimes it's very hard to live in the moment. And my on the this podcast, I've said you have to appreciate what, what we've seen from this team. And so come week 18, which is in what, four days, sit back, relax, appreciate what you're seeing. Take a step back and say, what the heck happened this year? And understand this never happens. And you already know this. But just reflect on this year has been crazy and we get to watch even more of it. Who knows what happens come round one? Maybe it's a bye week. Maybe it's a game against the Lions or the Packers or the Seahawks. Who knows? But just over this 18-week regular season span of time, that's not even including training camp and OTAs. This has been, in my opinion, since I've been alive, 26 years, going on 27, this has been the most eventful, crazy Niner season ever. And I've seen 
the catch two. I've seen the catch three against the Saints in that crazy last quarter of that football game. I've seen Kaepernick against Seattle, and I've seen Garcia and Owens, and like I've seen Jerry Rice play for the Raiders, and, and I've seen everything post 1996. And I can say in that span is already crazy enough, right? At least with the quarterbacks. <laughs> There's everything else involved in there as well. But this might have been the craziest year, at least since 2000, in my lifetime. From 96, 2023, this may have been the craziest season ever in San Francisco 49er history. And I want us to appreciate that because it didn't end in tragedy and awfulness. It ended in really potentially a number one seed, which is on the table. And I think they might even grab it. Hey, Giants, don't rest your starters. <laughs> I know why you're doing it, but don't do it, please. Like, let this season keep going for us. And, man, it's just been a crazy year for Niner fans, the NFL itself, like, this year, this NFL season has been unlike any other. Now, most are like that, but what I mean is that there has been so many big eventful things happening. From franchise quarterbacks being traded, to surprise teams like the Eagles and the Lions and the Seahawks and Geno Smith, to Trey Lance getting hurt and Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt and Brock Purdy being awesome this year to Tom Brady struggling and him and Giselle getting divorced and now it's happening unfortunately with the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals and like there's so much that's been happening this year and it's been a very magical season and so while the season isn't over yet for us in San Francisco and as Niner fans I do want to say thank you thank you for listening thank you for going on this 18 week journey we're about to eclipse come Sunday at 10 or 1.25 p.m. on the West Coast. Thank you for enjoying the podcast, for giving me feedback. Thank you for being part of the faithful that embraces someone who wants to talk about this team. Thank you for engaging with me on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for being a part of the community. Thank you for listening week in, week out, going through the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of the NFL season. And my final message to you would be, Let's go get the one seed. Let's go out there on Sunday, pluck some feathers, and hopefully the Giants do some plucking of their own and can beat the Eagles. I'll be in a car all day Sunday watching the game on my laptop, tweeting out things of, oh my goodness, look at that throw by Brock Purdy and whatnot. But let's enjoy Week 18 and appreciate the 17 weeks that have come before it. That being said... If you want to go to this Sunday's game, if you want to buy tickets last minute, if you want to go see a playoff game, use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Also, if you want to buy yourself a jersey, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, you want to buy that, you want to buy that Brock Purdy hoodie, that Brock Purdy jersey, use our Fanatics link down in the description. Save yourself some money and get yourself some Niners gear. In the meantime, you can also follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett. Hopefully, 
we are celebrating the number one seed in the NFC, but if not, number two seed, here we come. Round one of the playoffs, here we come. Cannot wait. My name is Sterling Bennett, and until next time, stay faithful.